Lads, how are you? It's good to good to meet you. I'm Nev. Hey, hey what's up? <laughs> good, good. It was the afternoon where you got. Are you both in LA? No, I'm in uh, like right outside of Boston. Um, I'm I'm still an East Coaster. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. but I I I see how that must be. Is that tricky for you boys to like, you know, tee tee up jams and tee up things for tour and stuff like that? Do you have like a fiddlehead symbol that you put up into the sky and you know and <laughs> assemble, come together? How's it work? It it, it flows. I think uh, we we, we make it work. Yeah, we do a lot of flying in and out, but we make it work. We we don't play that often. I think we average about fifteen to eighteen shows a year, so it's yeah. it's very low key. But I guess that was one of my questions for you guys was that because you don't play that often, it kind of makes it special. And things like your shows are just selling out everywhere. Like your Melbourne show, you're about to tour Australia, of course. Your Melbourne show sold out. The other ones aren't too far behind, from what I hear. Do you think that's that's what you know? to do with it do you think you know because you don't play that often and tour that often it's kind of a special occasion for everybody including yourselves yeah definitely I think so. yeah scarcity drives human beings and um it I, per, maybe i don't know but like because we don't play so much uh it, it really does kind of make the live experience for us as like the players like mm. pretty sacred and important so I don't know, maybe by word of mouth, people people say nice things about when we play. And, uh, you know, I, I don't pay too much attention to it. But, you know, from what I gather, people feel like there's an atmosphere when we play. And I'm, I'm real happy to kind of observe the people to, like say those types of things. And so, I don't know, it just adds to the idea that, you know, we're, we're trying to create a moment, mm. you know, and, when we play. And that I think that it's just human, the human condition for that to be very tough to do night after night after night after night to have it still really kind of be a, t a type of meaning um it's not impossible but i i, I find it very tough uh, especially like I, I'm, a, I'm a teacher on the side and yeah uh really act on the front of it um and i've been teaching the same course and you know after every two or three years i gotta i gotta switch up the lesson style to kind of drive home certain certain points and what, what I mean, what what do you do outside of the band, Alex? Like, what do you do? You so I I tour with a band called Turnstile. I do all their video and photo. So I have been doing that for the last two years. And then prior to that, I worked for the label that we're actually on, Run for Cover Records. And then I played in a band called Basement. So I was touring full time. So that's right. juggling a bunch of stuff. Um, but like you said, you know, we we rarely play comparing to Basement, whereas that was my job. You know, I was full time mm. touring for at least three to five years, I think it was. And so this makes it like, I get nervous that, that the show is going to be over and then it's done. And then I'm like, I really try and I've been recently trying to soak it up and be like, all right, I'm very present. I'm, I'm really going to enjoy this and like focus. And uh, yeah, because it's just, you know, you, you wait all this time and then it's 30, 40 minutes and it's over. So we really try and make it as special as possible. Do you get the post gig blues? Even though you've done this for years, do you guys get the post gig blues? I get it. Where you just like, you get that superhuman feeling for like half an hour, 40 minutes, and then you go, oh. <laughs> yeah. well, for us, it's a little bit different because we get in the van and then we like, 
we usually really dissect the show and like we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll each break down things we liked, things we didn't like and moments and we usually, we can talk about that for hours. I mean, we, we usually go pretty deep with like show stuff and yeah, it's so it, for us, my, mine might be like, say if we've had a long weekend and then I come back, I'm like, dang, I wish that had been three weeks rather than just three days. Best. I love it. Yeah. It, it, it's one of, when, when I, when I used to tour all the time in my old band, I was like, it's like a real, real, you like a genuine, like, like low key depression that you can go in yeah. after just being on the road for so long. And then boom, it's over. Uh, just going night, like, you know, a hundred miles an hour. And then just like coming back to like normal life. It's don't get me wrong. It's not like, it's not like I'm in the hurt locker or anything like that, but like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, it's it's like a, a huge transition and um i don't yeah i think it's it's the way of life you know it's it's over it's it's so fun but you know the cool thing about the way we play is like we kind of play almost like quarterly mm. um uh sometimes every other quarter uh but like uh it, it's on the horizon we always have like a, a plan for like the next quarter or something like that and uh yeah, it's it's really cool to have like something around the corner, um, even if it and and you know if it's not playing, it's it's writing or some type of event, and um, it's all it always just sort of feels exciting again because we don't we don't do it so much, and so hmm. but yeah, definitely the, the the blues is there, but there's another one around the corner, and I also think that like the stints that we do, like we're this tour that we're doing in a couple couple days, I can't stop thinking about it. It's like I'm so excited and. Yeah, and I'm like, oh my god, I can't even gone for two weeks when I used to be gone for like four months at a time. But it's the <laughs> longest we've ever been out, and it's also the farthest we've ever gone. Um, and uh, it's it's just, um, I, I I'm so excited to go. It's like it's so it's so grand. I, I couldn't be happier and more excited. But I know, like, in the day I get back, yeah, the very day I get back, I have about six hours to get home, and then I drive right to work. Oh, brutal. <laughs> The first day of school. <laughs> uh, but that's, that's brutal. The name of the game. Have you both been to Australia before in your other bands? And two yeah, of you, I, right? You have. I'm pretty sure. I was there this year, actually, with Turnstile for um, their shows and the festivals. But I, I've been with Basement, I think, four four times, I think. Yeah. So it's, yeah, yeah. I, I, I went to Australia twice my old band how heart and uh the first time we went was with parkway drive uh, uh we had uh we, they were new they were kind of new they were just blowing yeah. up in australia and we were like well, they're kind of a metalcore band but they were like all hardcore dudes and uh yeah they had us uh it was amazing to see them and and but we were definitely like playing to their audience and whatnot and uh I think we had one or two of like our own little tiny small shows. And then we went back, I think less than a year later and uh, just did like our own tour. It was totally excellent. To like just completely excellent. Like every, every night was amazing with the exception of like getting beat up within an inch of my life in Sydney. <laughs> what? What do you mean? What happened? It's like my last memory of Australia. I hate to say it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> No, that's why we're trying to redeem this. This is the trip where I'm like, you no longer bring up the the beating up story. I want there'll be a new story from this toilet. That's all we're going to talk yeah. about. Everyone is like, 
No, yeah. I'm like, child's up anybody. Hand, and the child's going to hand me like a rose or something like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, the, the, I'll, I'll give the cliff notes of it, but like we played a show in Sydney and um, we went, we were staying in like at Billabong Gardens. I, I, I don't know. It's like some hostel that a lot of bands would stay at at the time. And I, I don't really know what part of Sydney was in. Um, but everything closed down and with the exception there's like one falafel shop open late and me and uh, our friend Danny, who was over at resist records at the time. Um, and a couple of us and have our, uh, we just left the hostel to just, you know, off a side street to go on the main street where the philosophy place was open. And there was like a fight brewing between two parties that were both pretty well inebriated. Um, and, uh, I everyone else in my group tried to just sort of pass them by walking sort of onto the street. I tried to kind of skirt through a little open passageway between the the ensuing fight and like the like the metal gate that on a closed door. And I and someone got shoved into me by accident, and I very gently shoved them off. And I think that I think that I was kind of dressed neutrally to both parties. Neither of them recognized me, but because they were also inebriated and because I was dressed fairly neutrally, me pushing the person off me was like an act of war. And then like somebody punched me in the face and I went into like crazy, like, like ass beater mode. And there was this one guy who like, I was, I was laying punches on for all of two seconds before, before both parties drunkenly were just teaming together and then pounding me down and i remember i i had my my head up against a curb and like someone yelled out curb them and i just i could hear like i could hear danny from resist records shrieking and everything kind of just slowed down my head was up pressed up against a tire and a curb and people just wailing on me and then my bandmates were pulling people off me, but they didn't recognize them and they were just going back on me somehow i got up and then i was like street fighting in the middle of the street Apparently a car almost completely ran over me. Uh, and I, the one guy had a chain and like at, at one point I, I punched another guy and we both fell, but then I got up and I didn't know which direction the falafel shop was in. And I just was like, I hope it's this one because everything else is totally blackened out. And I just ran towards, luckily I, I got to the falafel shop and uh, uh, it just turns out uh, I just went in there and then like my friend's, Danny had gotten all our friends at the hostel to come and like start fighting and they did. And I was able to just like escape. There was like nothing I could do. I was so, and all of this happened probably within the span of like two minutes. And uh, so like, and then like, and then the next day we played in, I think we played in like Brisbane or something like that. And uh, I played, but I gave this like nice speech about why like violence is like not okay. And, and then, and then we played Byron Bay and I think that was, I think that was it we flew home so like but yeah that was it that's my last time in australia well this time will be better i promise yeah. we promise i hope so we owe you beers <laughs> for that yeah i am i am a little worried because i remember getting a like about a year later my father got this uh i didn't tell my parents i that i had been beaten with an inch of my life i was like 23 or 24 at the time um but my father got this medical bill from sydney and he was like penny were you were you in the hospital when you were in Australia? And I was like, Oh, don't worry about that. So I think I have some medical bills to be paying. And I'm, I'm a little worried that the, you know, customs or the immigration might be like, Oh, sir. 
You can have the that. doctors from the hospital coming up, swinging chains, go, where's our money? No, <laughs> I, I, I don't think you will. I don't think anyone will chase you down. They'll be like, it's right, mate, because that's how we <laughs> I hope, anyway. <laughs> um, of course, man, this new fiddle hell. Let me start that again because it's early in the morning. The new Fiddlehead album, mate, I've even forgotten the name of the album already. Uh, <laughs> having a morning, lads. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> death means... Death is, death is nothing to us. Nothing to us. Thanks for helping me out. I've even got my notes here. Sorry. Let me rewind all that. Man, no what, how embarrassing. Um, this album is incredible. It's just phenomenal. And, you know... It, the themes and and it, it just connects through to the, the the previous two, correct? But this one deals with a lot more uh, of grief and and loss and dealing with those though that that subject. Is that correct? Yeah, more more like in the realm of like kind of like the mopey, dopey sadness, depression that kind of comes with it, and like the uh, just like the way in which you know. Uh, the other records like kind of like you know kind of explore like specifically like the Mm. loss of you know i was trying to understand my mom at the time and um and then i think the last record was more kind of uh you know it's it's never like a concept it's just in that world it's part of my life experience and um the last record i you know i had a child so it was a little more about life and and how that kind of offered this really profound juxtaposition and um but then, you know, throughout all of that, the life and the death was just sort of like the kind of the way in which like a sudden loss can, can, can kind of weigh on you and you kind of mess up your, your rhythm to, to be up and at it. Yeah. Uh, and there's a, there's a comfort in that. I think it's very easy to just sort of fall into the, you know, mental trappings of just of grief and just chalk it up to, you know, that's the way life goes type of stuff. Uh, you know, so I, this one, I, but also there's in almost every record, there's always some type of light and dark type of comp, like uh, tension there. Uh, so this one, you know, is also like, you know, an exploration of like kind of how to like, you know, reclaim the, the zest of life. What, what do you hope that people that are going through those things, you know, what, what message do you want, want them to take away from it to, you know, obviously the zest of life. What do you hope that people get from this album? Uh, yeah, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to, I, I struggle to, I don't have much advice. I, I've, I've like, you know, um, the, you, everyone, everyone's got to like kind of make, make sense of things on their own. Uh, and, I don't know if I would say that there's like a prescription only because like I've taken people's advice sometimes and it, and it's been bad. <laughs> like I would hate to give bad advice or like say like, Oh, this is, this is, but I, and I think it's also super powerful to kind of make meaning uh, on your own and come to it on, on, on your own. But what I, what I could say in, in the sort of kind of, you know, just cognitive experience of doing this band and having the opportunity to kind of write openly and, uh, just you, you know, like life is, um, you know, there's a David White poem, uh, called Everything is Waiting for You that, um, was really, was a really wonderful poet. Um, 
the light bulb just really went off in my head. I heard it one one morning really early when I was with my son when he was like a baby. I sent it right over to my sister and, uh, you know, I've thought of it ever since. And uh, I wasn't surprised to hear like Nick Cave talk about that poem uh, in, 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 a, in a public talk or conversation that he was doing. Uh, and, you know, he had endured some pretty profound loss. And, you know, I think that that, poem it, it, to me everything is waiting for you kind of in many respects captures just something i think is good for for, for you know living as a human it's just this idea that you know uh li li life is out there and uh you you, you can't really um it, it sounds so banal and, and, and corny in many respects but you can't let that get away because yeah. the next thing you know you're 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 just you're just old and it's gone. And then all these little tiny, small things offer so many, uh, has have so much potential for, for, for greatness. And, um, you know, and, and maybe in this case, an example would be just like the, the attraction of just like meeting up with friends to write music, you know, opens a door, uh, into, you know, I think some really great and profound experiences. Uh, you know, so little, little things are big and, 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 you know, life is uh you know you have the power to kind of flip the coin in life it's uh hopefully it's not always it's like not completely lost absolutely man and uh of course i think we have to wrap things up but uh boys i can't wait to see you in brisbane and hopefully there's going to be no fights this time but uh, <laughs> um we'll look after you I promise all right well not me i can't fight i just stand there and... <laughs> but um <laughs> my new album is out on uh I don't, what is going on with me today? I apologize. Let's August 18. Death is nothing to us. We'll have all the links here and to, of course, uh, the, the new, uh, the tour dates. Boys, take care and we will see you very soon. Thank you very all much. Right, take care. See you soon.